So you wanted to talk about KitKat? Do you want to talk about KitKat? I do. Do you like KitKat bars? Uh, yeah, it was one of my childhood favorite candies. Fond memories of sharing KitKats with my dad. Well, there's an interesting element to KitKat because Nestle owns KitKat brand globally. Mm, here it comes. Here it comes. Oh, well, no, you already ever, you know, most people know Nestle's not a good company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we Right. I, I see. I thought you were going to try to railroad me again and be like, you know, like cats. How about those child slaves? Yeah. Yeah. We'll get in there. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about it. It's not, it's, right. I mean, it's all out there, but it, Nestle is probably one of the most corrupt, terrible companies in existence. They literally have killed babies. Whoa. But Nestle in particular has done some drastically horrible things. Deforestation, the way they're commodifying um, water, making it that, that, that water is not a, a right for people to have to survive. Oh, yeah, that's horrible. I mean, you get a very colonial vibe. How long have they been around? At least a century. The way their structure is, it's kind of amorphous. It doesn't, you can't, they, there's no really accountability Oh, because everything is like a little subsidiary that's not uh, responsible, and like the, the power of the parent company is on has kept at arm's length. Yeah, it's a hundred and fifty-five year old company. The real issue with Nestle, too, the big, the big whatever elephant in the room. That's not saying anything about elephants. Elephants are big. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's not an insult, right? The real elephant in the room when it comes to Nestle is the way they treated developing nations. When it came to their baby formula, they marketed their baby formula as better than breast milk. Oh, gosh. And they had in developing nations, African nations, places where people were illiterate. Maybe they had warning labels, but those, a lot of those people couldn't read those warning labels. Some of those people became dependent on this formula. Right, because if you if you stop breastfeeding, you you can't produce it anymore, and then you really need to keep buying formula. And they worked with medical institutions in these developing nations, gave them free supplies to get them hooked on this formula. And a lot of the formula was mixed with contaminated water. It was powder formula, and then the people who mixed it themselves happened to mix it with contaminated water. Correct. Right? They did not boil the water. And so there was a lot of infant deaths, infant mortality rates raised based on these business decisions. So Nestle is responsible for the death of babies. Wow. The sad thing is it's just so impossible to avoid the products of abuse. Like, you know, the iPhone you use has a coltan in it, which... Who knows what like human rights violations were involved in the harvesting of it? Because a lot of the times, you know, whatever a company like Samsung, Sony, whatever, they're buying this rare earth minerals that are absolutely necessary for the production of semiconductors from mm-hmm. people. And they really don't know. You can't really know the origins of these minerals. They're sold from middlemen and dealers. And so, you know, all these, even the devices we're using to record this podcast, the devices which people are listening to, you know, they could be the products of slavery. Let me just read this one quote. It's from Enber, which is the National Bureau of Economic Research. 
Intensive and controversial marketing of infant formula is believed to be responsible for millions of infant deaths in low and middle income countries. Yet to date, there have been no rigorous analysis that quantify these effects. To estimate the impact of infant formula and infant mortality, we pair country-specific data from the annual corporate reports of Nestle, the largest producer of infant formula, with a sample of 2.48 million births in 46 uh, developing countries from 1970 to 2011. Our key finding is that the availability of formula increased infant mortality by 9.4 per thousand births. So almost 10 per thousand births. Wow. 95% among mothers without access to clean water suggests that unclean water acted as a vector for the transmission of waterborne pathogens to infants. We, em- we estimate that the availability of formula in these developing nations resulted in approximately 66,000 infant deaths in 1981 at the peak of the infant formula controversy. That's heavy. I mean, 10 out of 1,000 is like 1%. And I, I was wondering if this was a long time ago, but I mean, it was 40 years ago. Well, they're saying, though, it, they researched it from, uh, from 1970 to 2011. The other issue had to do with accountability because Nestle has all these kind of like field offices. Mm -hmm. And so there's no real major death star. There's just little death stars everywhere. Right. Well, everything's a separate limited liability company so that um, the liability can't spread. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's a vegan Kit Kat. (laughs) I wonder if we're going to be able to talk about Mm. it. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to be happy about it. Like, I, you know, because before when I was a child, I didn't know Nestle was bad. I loved Kit Kats before I was vegan, you know, and I, I really want to promote this. I want to eat it. But gosh, this is heavy. You're aware of the supply chain of chocolate, how messed it up it is, right? You're aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, only as of recently, but yeah. So chocolate only grows in certain regions mm-hmm. and it's like off the equator. And so there's only a few countries that can actually grow what we consider a delicacy. There's some places in South America, 70% of the world's cocoa, which is chocolate, is grown in Ghana and the Ivory Coast. And when you're talking about colonialism, you go back in time and these Companies are not transparent about where they get their cocoa from. They come from, again, a diffuse bunch of suppliers. The cocoa plant or cacao plant, same thing, is like a mango. And it looks like a mango. It looks like a fruit. They pull it off. They use machetes. They're not industrial equipment. I think that some of the South American countries have more industrial equipment where the majority of the lion's share of the chocolate that you buy at the store or supermarket comes from Ghana and the Ivory Coast. A lot of times these people are working slave labor or less than a a subsistent wage. And and they even literally trafficked children to harvest cocoa. I mean, there was a lawsuit recently from uh, these kids were trafficked like 15 years ago from, I think, Malawi. And forced to harvest cacao. 
And and Nestle's defense was like jurisdictional. And it, you know, they didn't deny that it happened. They're like, this is the wrong jurisdiction and statute of limitations and all these like legalese tricks to be like, haha. Well, and also there's elements where a family is working within uh, below the poverty level and they're having their children work as well. One of the difficult truths of barely surviving is sometimes you have to involve your, your family to, to help you as well. They're doing super primitive things like you have to ferment cacao fruit. You cut it open. They take out the fruit and the nuts, the little nuts or seeds inside or what the chocolate comes from. They put them on banana leaves and they have to let them ferment before collection of the, the seeds, which mm -hmm. are processed into chocolate. Very interesting how these trappings of colonialism are part of our modern food supply. It shouldn't be that way. And there's a lot of elements of greenwashing that Nestle does. In fact, I think that, I mean, we're going to read this uh, press release for the new KitKat bar, the new vegan KitKat bar. In some ways, there's an element of greenwashing here within this press release. Nestle is fulfilling the wishes of plant-based fans, you're one of them, from around the world by launching a vegan KitKat in 2021. But we don't get one in the U.S. Oh. Kit Kat's actually owned by Hershey's in the United States. Oh. Oh, and yeah. you're saying that Hershey's is not going to release the vegan one? It's a different company. Oh, but they're not going to follow suit? Nestle, the company in question, <laughs> is uh, releasing their own vegan Kit Kat. Oh. It's probably in the U.K. Well, and That gives me a sense of relief that as a child, I didn't eat those Nestle products. I was eating Hershey's products. We have to see when the sale was. I'm sure you yeah. had Nestle products as well. Oh, great. Thing. They make everything. And that's probably true. But that doesn't... You sure Hershey's won't also? I mean, according to this press release, it's, it's just a Nestle release. One of the world's most popular confectionery bars will soon have a delicious plant-based option that delivers the perfect balance between crispy wafer and smooth chocolate that people know and love. It's a perfect balance of misery and sadness. <laughs> Alexander von Malat, head of confectionery at Nestle, said, one of the most common requests i'll do one with the accent <laughs> one of the most common requests we see on social media is for a vegan kit kat so we're delighted to be able to make that wish come true i can't wait for people to be able to try this amazing new kit kat this product is for everyone who wants a little more plants based in their life i mean again we got a terrible company that has a history of killing babies. But then we also have a Kit Kat bar that may be a, something that, oh, it's Kills vegan. Kills fewer cows. Kills fewer cows. The new vegan Kit Kat called Kit Kat V, I guess Kit Kat 5? Or maybe mm -hmm. the V is for vegan. Hmm, perhaps. Maybe 5 is the fifth try. Mm. <laughs> I thought it was a Roman numeral. <laughs> uh, no. Will be launched later this year in several countries across the globe. It will be only available through Kit Kat chocolatery and selected retailers to test the opportunity for a wider rollout. So it's mostly a test market. Kit Kat V 
was developed by chocolate experts in Nestle's confectionery research and developed in York, UK, the original home of Kit Kat. What? Yeah. I see. I thought, uh, but Nestle's like a Swiss company. I guess maybe, maybe they, it was invented in York, it. UK. Yeah. Or maybe they, yeah, maybe they, they swallowed it up. By like, the Mars, like the isn't Mars a British, British uh, company? Maybe they yeah, took it from all, Mars. All those chocolates are, have different versions in the U.S. And most, most of the mm-hmm. U.S. versions have milk, milk chocolate. And then yeah. I guess the U.K. versions have um, cream in their chocolate. This is, we're talking about cow. We're not talking mm-hmm. about yeah. whatever oat milk cream. They worked hard to make a vegan version that would live up to the high expectations of Kit Kat lovers everywhere. Louise Barrett, head of Nestle Confectionery, Product Technology Center in York, says, Taste was a key factor when developing the plant-based chocolate for our new vegan Kit Kat. We used our expertise in ingredients, together with a test-and-learn approach, to create a delicious vegan alternative to our chocolate Kit Kat. Nestle is helping people embrace a more plant-based diet with options across its wide range of food and beverages. They don't say what type of milk they use. I think, I think it's rice milk. Kit Kat V is certified vegan and made from 100% sustainable coca sourced through the Nestle Coca plan. This is new. In conjunction with the Rainforest Alliance, it follows other recent innovations of Kit Kat including Kit Kat Ruby and Kit Kat Chocolate Cacao Fruit Chocolate, using the first chocolate made entirely from the cocoa fruit. Okay, so they're saying that they're making this Kit Kat V sourced through the Nestle Coca plan. Okay, so Nestle used to be a part of Fair Trade, Hmm. which was an organization that tried to uh, bring resources back into those communities that are um, affected by you know, slave labor and uh, underpaying and all these other things. Nestle recently went away from fair trade and created their own plan called the Nestle mm. Coca plan. So they so, wanted to kind of get around fair trade rules. Maybe so they made I, their own yeah. version, but they don't have their fair trade. So I guess they, I yeah. maybe I, I have no idea it's what probably the deal a is. lighter for a less, um, stringent version of fair trade or something well we didn't even talk about i mean obviously rainforest alliance is part of like maybe stopping deforestation they they didn't want to be subject to some external body's rules so they made their own coca plan maybe it was a financial decision they yeah yeah, i'm sure it was fair trade was something that was there to make people's lives better if nestle can maybe go around it and create their own thing maybe they don't have to make people's lives better Hmm. this whole thing bums me out at least I told you the bad part in the front. Right. Yeah. You, you didn't trick me. But I, I guess, you know, as consumers, we can't bury our heads in the sand. You know, we have to, like so much of the origins of our food are obscured from us. And so in order to make ethical and intelligent choices, we need to at least know what we're dealing with. Oh, not only that. I mean, think about all the wonderful produce that we get in California. The migrant workers, they put their lives on the line. From crack of dawn, they do back-breaking labor for us. And they don't get compensated properly. Mm-hmm. We have our own version of underpaying people that are 
valuable resources in our world. So that's just something to think about. There's people not being treated properly and, and not being compensated for the, the import of their work. You know, you can do your research online. Godiva has a bad grade when it comes to transparency of their chain. And you can look at which chocolatiers have the Kit Kat bar. Now, will you be eating a Kit Kat bar, Mike Keller? I guess not. <laughs> what but if they, someone was going to give one to you for free? Like, hey. Uh, no, they do make really good uh, vegan versions of Snickers and Kit Kats and all that. I just don't remember the brand names. But there are, um, you know, ethical companies that make great approximations of these things. They're a little expensive and they're a little hard to find. You can get them at uh, Bestie's Vegan Paradise, though. Yeah, you just have to pay through the nose. Instead of buying something for a dollar, you got to spend $15. When you buy an ethical product, you're paying the true cost. These externalities of um, you know abuse or ecological destruction, those are all costs that are sort of defrayed from the consumer and borne by the environment and by poor workers. So somebody is paying full price for your candy bar. In the case of these, you know, more ethical things, you're paying it all yourself. In the case of something you buy at the grocery store, you're paying part of it. And, uh, you know, the rainforest is paying the other part. Yeah, there's a price to pay when you plant more cacao trees and cut yeah. down, you know, old growth trees that, are, you know, that shade and provide uh, oxygen. <laughs> I guess the answer is for us to be educated consumers. And just keep these things in mind when we make our, our consumer choices. We'll also keep vigilant when it comes to companies like Nestle that are, I mean, just pure evil. Mm. I mean, they, I, you, there's nothing else to say. I mean, it's an evil company. And for bad. them to say that they have a sustainable chocolate and this special trade plan. I mean, it, it's very difficult to take a company like that seriously based on their track record. Greenwashing for sure. Hey, this is Jason from the future. I did a TikTok video on Vegan Hacks Pod TikTok of a review of a Trader Joe's chocolate bar. So roll that. Most of our chocolate is sourced in shady ways. Your delicious Kit Kat bar might be the result of slave labor. Here's the Trader Joe's organic 63% dark chocolate with sea salt and cacao nibs. It's from Madagascar, where there's less child labor issues, and it's sourced from farmer-run organic co-ops. What a cute lemur resting on the UPC code. Ingredients? No animal products. Sophisticated, complex, not too sweet, really good. Four out of five sprouts. 